This episode of Experiences You Should Have is brought to you by Soul Blends, handcrafted in Oregon from botanicals to bottle, multiple healing balms, salves, and moisturizing products to bring life to your skin. Check out Soul Blends and use the code EYSH to receive 10% off your order. And there's just something peaceful about looking out, seeing the lights below, even flipping over on your back and staring at the moon. It's just something that's calming and invigorating just to feel that and feel it on your own. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm your host, Gail Manasco. And today we are bringing the adventure to you. Well, I'm bringing the adventure to you with a solo episode on skydiving at night. Now, many times I like to interview guests uh, for, for the podcast. However, today it is yours truly. So let's get into it. Now, some of you may know that skydiving is very near and dear to my heart. Skydiving essentially consumed my life for a number of years in my 20s. I'm currently on hold uh, due to other priorities in my life, but my time in the sport is not over. I, I I will be back one day. However... Now, now's not that time, but I love reflecting on my time in the sport. And when I think about some of those skydives that really stick out in my mind, one of them is skydiving at night. Now, I went on my first night skydive when I was 21 years old. I remember being at Zephyr Hills, or people call it Z Hills or Skydive City, Skydive Z Hills. Uh, Not many people actually say the full word as Zephyr Hills, which is in Florida. It's it's outside of Tampa and, and a few hours from Orlando. And this is such a fun drop zone. Drop zone is a term for a skydiving center. So we say drop zone or DZ for short. And what I love about this drop zone is the community, the the vibe, the energy that you feel. Um, at that time, there's always a bonfire going and a fun different clubs and groups that you could join. Um, I became part of the the Muff Brothers there where you you jump with a pair of earmuffs with Johnny Gates, uh, who's no longer here, but I believe you can still become a Muff Brother today. And the the colors of this drop zone are uh, a little bit 80s, which I love. Uh, teal and and uh, purple throughout the drop zone. And 
I don't know. It's just like this funky vibe. There's a lot of skydivers that live there in trailers, even tents. They've got areas for showering, um, a bar, place to order food, a beautiful deck, uh, a large landing area. And this place was built for skydivers. It wasn't built just for show up for a tandem and leave. Yes, you can go tandem skydiving there. But this is a community of skydivers. And it's, gosh, it's just a fun place. You, you can't not be happy at Skydive Z Hills. So I showed up there when I was 21. And I'd done I'd already jumped there a, a bit um, before I went on a night jump there. And and I made sure to jump during the day. On the same day, I was doing night jumps just to get acquainted with the landing area, um, jump run, and that sort of thing. And I remember it was my, my very first night skydive. I I was in the plane with other skydivers and many of the skydivers it was their first night jump as well and and mine was going just to be a solo night skydive and I I didn't know what it was going to be like I wasn't sure if I'd be able to see my parachute or I just my brain had trouble trying to figure out what it would be like, but I was so excited. But I remember going up to altitude, which is the the plane ride up, which, I don't know, takes about, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, 15 minutes, depending on the plane you're in. I remember that plane ride up being very quiet. Uh, there was less of a buzz on the plane. And I'm not sure if just some people are feeling uneasy or maybe it's just the stillness of the night and the humming of the airplane. But we rode up to altitude in a twin otter plane. And then soon it was time for the door to open. And I wasn't jumping with friends. This is a solo jump, but I was excited. I... I looked out of the plane and I saw the landing area. Um, they had parked a car in the landing area pointing uh, the lights in the direction to land because you can't see wind flags uh, to know uh, how to approach the landing because you, you want to land into the wind. But I, I saw the car, I saw the drop zone and that's good. And before I knew it... I was in free fall. Now you don't feel that droppy feeling when you jump out of the plane. Uh, it just, it doesn't happen like a roller coaster because you're already traveling at 80 knots. And there I was in free fall. I had my altimeter lit up. I could, I could see it. It was a glow in the dark altimeter. And there I was able to spread my arms and feel the relative wind. Within 10 seconds, I hit terminal velocity at 120 miles per hour. And there I would be in free fall for 
for one minute, dropping a thousand feet every 5.5 seconds. And there's just something peaceful about looking out onto the ground, seeing the lights below, even flipping over on your back and staring at the moon. It's just something that's calming and invigorating just to feel that and feel it on your own. It doesn't have to be shared on Instagram or you don't have to video it. This is just an experience for you to feel. And I remember I I finally pulled my parachute at I think probably around 4,000 feet and I was able to locate the the drop zone and work on my landing pattern. But the thing is, <laughs> unless you're landing right in front of the the car headlights, you don't really see the ground. And there's something called flaring, which is where you're converting forward speed to lift. And you want to initiate that flare around 10 to 15 feet above the ground. And normally how I would you know, figure that out was when I could see the individual blades of grass. However, on this day, I, I couldn't see the individual blades of grass. And so I had to try to guess when to flare. And I completely guessed wrong. I crash landed. And uh, it was a little bit jarring. I remember, but I remember rolling out on the ground. I I think I kind of twisted an ankle a little bit, but, but I was okay. And I had survived. I was able to see my parachute just fine in the moonlight. And it was an experience that I'd say is a life changing one to step out into darkness at night and free fall and land a parachute by yourself, that, that changed me. And it, it taught me that I can learn and try new and hard things, uh, even if they sound a bit scary at first. And since then, I, I did more night jumps. Um, on it became a tradition for a few years to do a, a night jump on, on New Year's Eve with friends out at Skydive Sebastian, another great drop zone in Florida. And it, it just became a, a really just a fun memory and something I would look forward to. And in general, I just like doing things at night. Uh, I like going night skiing. I love uh, scuba diving at night. Um, I loved jumping at night. There's just something about seeing the world in a new light or seeing the world without the light. And it's something that brings me so much joy and happiness. Now let's get on with some logistics. So what really classifies a night skydive? Um, 
Well, typically nighttime starts an hour after sunset, as well as an hour before sunrise. And so anything during that time frame is a night skydive. Now, can you go tandem skydiving at night? No. Where you're attached to an instructor? Absolutely not. But you can do it as a licensed skydiver with a B license. Now, a Just to obtain a B license, you need to have a minimum of 50 skydives. You needed to have passed um, skill tests, um, done water training, and passed a written test. So it does take some work to get there. Um, But if if you're an, an active skydiver and going every weekend, it doesn't take very long to get to 50 to 50 jumps. Um. Now, when doing a night skydive, it's recommended that you jump during the daytime at at that location so you can get a lay of the land. You don't want your first skydive at that drop zone or even of the day to be a night unless you just really know uh, that that drop zone very well. Um, so that's just recommended. Maybe go go on a sunset jump and then... Um, get a briefing with everyone and then get prepared for your night jump. Um, if it's your first night jump, I, I wouldn't recommend doing it um, in a formation or with your buddies. Doing a nice solo night skydive is is a great way to go. Uh, now, in most places, you have to be at least 18 years old to go on a skydive and make sure um, that you don't have any medical restrictions or that sort of thing um, to skydive. And so if you are 15 years old, really dreaming of night skydiving, you're not that far away. Uh, You can um, go on your first skydive when you're 18 and immediately uh, do an accelerated free fall course or a tandem progression course where you can work to a skydive solo and work on your A license. The A license happens at a minimum of 25 skydives, but you need to to pass a certain amount of skills, have certain coach jumps, show that you've got some accuracy, pass a written test, um, and you do need that A license before you get to the B license where you could be eligible um, for night skydives. Now, in the past, I believe you needed to have at least two night jumps before you could even qualify for a D license. So many times there are people that don't do their first night skydive until they even have 500 skydives. Um, So the minimum is is 50 after you've passed your B license. So you, you probably have a little bit more than that. Um, but it is, it is just a, gosh, it is so much fun. I, I really hope there's listeners out there who are inspired to, to go learn how to skydive and then try out different, different jumps like night skydiving. Now, when you do skydive at night, uh, you, you do need some gear. You need to make sure that you can see your altimeter that's glow in the dark. Uh, you, you'll probably wear a strobe 
um, on the back of you so you can see other parachuters in in the sky or skydivers in the sky as they're flying their canopies. Uh, you don't want to run into someone at night. Um, and so it, it's just an easy way to spot people. Um, we would also wear uh, glow sticks, um, sometimes taped to our to our jumpsuits. Um, especially when we were flying in um, formation with each other, and um, and you may not know this, but but every parachute system has two parachutes, unless you're base jumping. So you have a main parachute and a and a reserve, and so if if your main has a malfunction, you can pull a handle to cut it away and then pull your reserve in case you have a problem. And you can see your parachute at night and that's where you want to make sure it's square or rectangle, uh, it's stable and it's steerable um, before uh, deciding if you want to keep that parachute or not. But now we're starting to go down the rabbit hole a little bit. Now let's break down some costs for skydiving. Uh, if for just a, a general tandem skydive, be prepared to spend at least two hundred and thirty dollars. Tack on another hundred bucks for video if you want it. Uh, to actually go through an accelerated free fall program, like a seven jump course or a, a tandem progression program you're easily going to be spending um, maybe $1,500, $2,000 to, to learn how to skydive. And, and then you need to start investing in coach jumps, working on your A license, buying gear. Uh, you can buy a, a brand new set of skydiving gear for around $8,000. Uh, but I, I bought everything used. And so I, uh, I was able to get my full gear for around $3,000 at the time. Um, so there's a range when you buy gear. But once you have that a license, and after you've learned how to skydive, uh, then and you have your own gear. Now your jumps will move down to about $25 a pop. Um, in the in the U.S., that that price does fluctuate around the world, and this is a sport you have to stay current in. This isn't a sport you just do occasionally. Um, if so, you're going to be spending a whole lot on recurrency and coach jumps. So, if you're not in uh, a place in life where you can be skydiving often, uh, it may not be the best sport to to get into right now. Um, so there's definitely an upfront cost for getting into the sport, but there's ways to be creative about it. Uh, I would bring a lot of friends to go tandem skydiving and I would get free jumps for me just as a sports skydiver. Uh, I was able to get maybe almost a hundred free jumps doing it that way. I've, I brought a lot of people skydiving over the years, um, which was fun. It was really fun for me. Many times I would jump with um, who I brought or, or not jump. It just depend, depended on where I was at. Um, 
and what drop zone and conditions and that sort of thing. Um, but there's, there's just, there's always a way. Um, I, I didn't have a lot of money, but I, I picked up, um, extra jobs. I, uh, when I got into skydiving, I had so many jobs. I had night jobs, day jobs, weekend jobs, midweek jobs. If I wasn't in school, I was at work at a million different places doing all sorts of things. So if if there's a will, there's a way to figure that out. Um, you can also live at the drop zone. It depends on what drop zone you're at, but many of them have RV parks, a place to put a tent. You could forego your rent and live at the drop zone. That is a way to do it. Um, there's always there's always a way. Uh, everything is figure outable, essentially. Um, so we do walk through costs a lot on this show, but it's essentially to help you create that goal. Um, to put that pie in the sky, a uh, number figure out there, and then there's always there's always a way to make that figure happen. Um, so I don't want the cost to scare you because it's also baby steps. You don't have to start planning your night jumps on year one. Maybe it's something you're doing um in year three or year four of skydiving. So I don't know. Maybe you'll just be doing. Um, four to six jumps a month, or maybe you're one of those people that's doing uh, 20 to 40 skydives a month. It, it really depends on you and your budget and where you live and the weather, um, as well as what your love for the sport is. So I know we're talking about having at least 50 jumps to so go on a night skydive, but if you had the chance to at least try skydiving and go for a tandem skydive where you're attached to an instructor, I highly recommend it. See if you like it. Um, maybe you might be still on the fence about it. Go for a second tandem skydive. See how you feel about it then. Maybe you're still on the fence. Why not just learn how to skydive? You know, see if after um, a course of, of doing it after a week or two, you can learn how to skydive and get certified fairly quickly. Maybe that fear will start to get better. It may not be, you're probably not going to be fearless when you start. It's a scary thing to jump out of a plane, but it does change. You know, you just don't want to get completely comfortable and not have a fear. That like I feel like it's healthy to have a little bit of fear. But you can learn ways to mitigate it and turn it into excitement. But guys, there's many of us that are at home this year, not traveling. Maybe you've got some extra savings. Uh, Learning to skydive is um, a fun outdoor activity. And there's many drop zones that that are closed for the winter season, but should be opening up in the spring and definitely the summer. And maybe this is your year to, to learn how to skydive, especially as travel's still a bit weird at the moment as we record this in uh, February of 2021. So guys, try something new, step into the unknown, 
maybe skydiving at night might be just what you're looking for. Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have. If you love this episode, definitely go listen to the first time skydiving episode where I talked to infamous Melanie Curtis. Uh, So definitely go check that out. Also, if you're a diver and love diving at night, listen to the Blackwater in Kona episode, as well as the Blackwater Drift Diving in Florida episode. Those are some really, really fun ones to to check out. Um, Also, the first episode on experiences you should have uh, is about the manta ray dive in Kona, which is done at night as well. I swear so many fun things happen at night. So I, I hope that you check them out. And if you are listening on an iPhone, maybe on that purple Apple podcast app, please leave a five star review for experiences you should have. And please tell a friend, um, share this episode, tell someone about this podcast. We are an indie podcast and working to help you understand how you can do amazing experiences around the world.